30 of the Unmapped Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about life, upbringing, education, ideas, morals, current events, politics, passions, and more. Today, I have a special guest, Pravin Santanam, and we're going to be talking about everything. Um, if you've listened to this podcast before, um, you've definitely heard me mention his name many times because I talk to this kid more than anyone else that I know. Um, and we're going to be talking about everything today, and it's going to be quite humorous, if I uh, can say so myself. Um so I'm gonna explain to you how the podcast goes now because I haven't been uploading a lot. So before up, so this is episode 30. So I haven't uploaded 21 to 30 at the time of this recording. So he hasn't been able to tune in. So he doesn't know how the podcast goes. So I'm gonna explain it to him really quick. So the way it goes now is I talk about everything. So from upbringing to from parental background to upbringing in like childhood to middle school, a little bit of high school, and then high school going into college, what you're doing now, what you did in college, and what you plan on doing in the future, and then wherever the conversation goes in between. So what you can start off with, you can talk about a little bit with your parents' background, where they started, stuff like that, get into what you did as a child, and then, um, you know, like just where you grew up, um, and just like really brief, and then go into high school, and then we keep going from there, and I keep track of everything. Okay, so um, I guess my parents... uh so I think my parents are very unique compared to other people's, especially immigrant parents. Um, I'm, I'm Indian, South Asian. So um, both my parents are immigrants, um, meaning they weren't born here. And my dad came here when he was 21 um, by himself to go to school. And my mom came here a lot earlier, but um, there's a lot of interesting things on my mom I don't really want to get into, but she, she lived a lot of her life in India, though. So I think my parents are very interesting in the fact that they're immigrants, but they are very... They're very. Their mentalities are very different. I'd say they're relatively Westernized. They like are pretty American in, in ideals and. Given how upbringing. late they came here, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty weird to be honest. Like a lot of like a lot of us who are you know have immigrant parents, um, although like they stress like the normal stuff like school and things like that, like they're not really like too picky about like who I hang out with. Like they're not really reli- they're not religious, which is probably one that of is, the biggest things. That thing. is that is a huge thing. Immigrant families are usually, especially the ones that immigrated here, are usually yeah. they keep that cultural like religion. And yeah, and they both grew up religious. Yeah, yeah. Which is like so like that's even think, more different. Yeah. yeah, right. So they they both grew up religious, but they're not personally religious. Don't do the banging thing because the mic uh, takes the feedback of it. Oh, okay. No, you're fine. Uh, yeah, just keep on. But um, <laughs> they, they they grew up religious, but not really religious. Also, like um, they like in my house, like we only speak English. Like right, that's that's pretty. I think that's pretty interesting because I feel like that kind of goes to show like they didn't really uh, not that they didn't care about the culture as much, but it's like they didn't they didn't see like the utmost importance of like yeah keeping like instilling that in you yeah. Because like, when I talk to my grandma and when I talk to my parents, they're like like oh like we need to teach our kids Bengali like it's our culture, it's our background like yeah. he needs to know this. But the thing is like I I wish I knew like I yeah, yeah. I, I picked up stuff from like. You know, just conversation. I know, like when no, if my mom asks me, you, "You want something to eat?" She'll say in terrible like I know. Yeah. But like, it's not like like people not make fluid. jokes, and I don't. I don't really like right in front of you. Yeah, they, <laughs> they definitely talk shit in front of me. I know, I know, but I mean, a lot of the cultural stuff I got was from my grandma. Like, like three. I'm I'm Hindu, right? My family's mm-hmm. Hindu. Like this chain yeah, has. Yeah, this chain is, has a big significance for me, um, because of like it has a Indian um, Hindu god on it. And, like, a lot of the where I got was from my grandma telling me stories. Right. That's kind of where I got my cultural thing. Like, I had a puno. Puno is for uh, people who are Hindu. It's, like, a kind of like a communion or, like, a bar mitzvah type thing. Mm-hmm. Not They don't spend money like that. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, like, a ceremony where you get, like, It's a more like a, a, what, a christening type thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, like, that's what it is. It's, like, for males when you're, like, 13. So, that's why I Is that I when christenings happen for males? No. Oh, no. Punos happen for 13. Yeah. For males. Oh, okay. I don't know what Christmas. Okay. I don't know anything about christenings. It, 
It's, I want someone to like smell a, what a christening it's though. It's like a coming of age religious thing. How come in christenings they like bathe the... That's like, baptized. The ba- oh, it's ba- I'm dumb. But What's a christening? I'm christening. Know. I'm thinking of... The, uh, the only thing I know about christening really is the scene from The Office where they're christening the baby. Is it christening the baby in The Office? The episode with the baby? I really don't know what christening is. <laughs> what is christening? <laughs> I don't well, I'm going to Google christening really quick. I think you're thinking of communion. Because that's what What's I'm thinking. What's a communion? Communion is like a bar mitzvah like coming of age thing. That's more what I'm thinking. Like the 13 year old becoming a man type. Thing. Christening is to is to give a baby a Christian name at baptism. So as, it's it's as like a sign it's a part of the ceremony. As a sign of admission to a Christian church. Yeah, like you can't get. Yeah, I, so didn't didn't um like Jam Jam Jim and Pam's. What's, what are their yeah. kids' name? What's your kid's name? Cece. Cece. Didn't yeah. Cece get christened in that one episode? Yeah. Was yeah, that the church? Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. they're just giving her. Okay. But that's like different. That's like a lot of people. Okay. If you don't get christened or baptized, I think. You can't get married in the church. Oh, that makes sense. Because like because we talked to Jordan about that, yeah. where her parents wanted her to get baptized. But I feel or like that, that was when she was thirteen, though. I feel like they wanted her to be in like. Why do you have to be thirteen? Uh, teenage, never mind. He's like sense. they're coming to raise It doesn't yeah. matter. But the point yeah. is like that's like that stuff I kind of just did for my grandparents because my grandparents are pretty religious right. and my mom's parents. So that's kind of where the only cultural thing I got. I really didn't grow up Indian, really. Yeah, yeah. Like I know the food and stuff, but like that's really. Wait, did, so do. Did your yeah. parents have cultural food in the house? Yeah, 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 But, like, it wasn't, like... They also didn't have cultural food. Also, like, another big thing with my parents... Um, they worked a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't... Like, my parents weren't around that much when I was a kid. I grew up, like, in... I pretty much, like, grew up in daycare. Me and my brother, like, we grew up in daycare. Like, I was getting taken care of by other people. Like, it was... We, like, my parents would be away, and, like, for a week, I would be staying at, like, my... Like, um, the babysitter's oh, house. Okay, like, okay. The, the When I was, like, a little kid. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take care of myself. Like, we'd stay at for weeks, like, at a place... Really? Like, yeah. Like oh, it was weeks. Yeah. No, it was like one time. It was like a week. A whole oh, okay. Week. Okay. So, so like, like day and night. Like, yeah. Yeah. The night. Yeah. I was like there. How do you find someone? Like how do you hire someone? Oh, so like the, these they people, basically just like like here, take my kid. Like, yeah. Hold, hold on. These to this. people like that's what that's why like my parents like are really thankful. These people were named was uh, Rena and Sonia. Mm-hmm. They're Italian people. Okay. And this is where I told you before. Like my brother was ang- all right. So oh, the right hand, left yeah, hand thing. Yeah. So yeah. like I grew up. These people I pretty much took care of me and my brother. My brother's two years older than me. Three years older than me. And we he's took three, I thought he was only two. I thought he was like a year and a half older than you. No, he's like two and a half years. Oh, I forgot. I was wrong. But, I was mistaken. But um, like one thing that like <laughs> that I grew up there a lot. And I pretty much a lot of my childhood was there. And like one cool thing, not cool, but it was an interesting thing is like they're very religious Italian people. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot in a lot of culture, being left-handed is like the sign of the devil. And, yeah, like, it's yeah, evil. Yeah. Same and, thing like, in Islam. Yeah, and less, a lot of less is bad. Even when I go to India, if I even my left hand, people, my my auntie would be like, the, "What are you doing?" Out, yeah, yeah be like, "What are you doing?" But so me and my brother were both born left-handed. And Except, both- wait, really, really quick side note is that other than wiping yourself, yeah, wiping you're supposed to do. In, that, that's in, why I think that's why the right-handed is like, is like, is like, their left hand is like unclean because of that. I think because you wipe. Wait, I think how do you, who says that you everyone wipes their left hand? It's just, it's just like I don't wipe with it, my left hand. It's like convention. I don't wipe with my left hand. I wipe with my right hand. Yeah, me too. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. My mom tried to force me like, you do wipe with your left hand. I'm like, I'm not gonna tell you. You can't prove it or disprove it, so I'm don't just gonna do whatever to, I want. Don't tell me how to do my business. Don't tell me how to wipe. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, it's like a religious thing or a like cultural thing. So even in like they're Italian, so they're very Christian, mm-hmm. they're Catholic, mm-hmm. I think. So very, very religious people. So they try to convert me and my brother both are right-handed. Right. They're interesting things. Both my parents are right-handed, but me and my brother are both born left-handed. So I couldn't do. I can't do shit with my right hand. And my brother could do it, so now my brother's ambidextrous, pretty much. And it's so interesting that like he was able to, because for most people they wouldn't be able to do it at all. No, because even if I tried and I really tried, like it mm. would be maybe like I'll get like chicken scratch, but like 
it wouldn't it would be relatively illegible. But he's also still strong with his left hand. Like that, my, another thing is when my bro, me and my brother played sports for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's why he was nice. He's always nice at basketball because he can go both ways. He shoots like my brother played varsity baseball and mm-hmm. basketball, right? He put a one. He was really good at both baseball and basketball. So he pitched right handed, but he shot he shot uh, basketball left handed, mm-hmm. and he batted left handed. He so I wonder left hand. I wonder if there are a lot of people out there who like when they were kids, like they had the they potential switched, yes. to be ambi. Without a doubt. But like no one like is gonna tell you to do both. Yeah. So like they just never tried being ambidextrous. Also, a lot of kids were born left handed and they get switched. Hundred without a doubt. I believe that. But anyway, so like yeah, so growing up, like a lot of my parents like my parents weren't like they worked a lot while my parents worked and like my parents also have very high education. Yeah. Like, uh, right now my mom's actually getting her PhD. She's gonna graduate next year. And my dad has his PhD already in physics. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you know, they're very high education people. So that's why they always stress that with me. Mm-hmm. But growing up, yeah, like my parents, um, they worked a lot. Um, my dad, just going back to where my dad came from. Like he came here when he was 21. Um, 21 for school. He had a, he had like a visa, like a, I don't know how that works. Oh, yeah, it's a student visa. Yeah, student yeah. visa. That's how my uh, dad's uncle actually originally came to the U.S. And that's the only reason my dad's family is in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. it's huge. Because then they visa. come here and then they sponsor everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how it works for most of It's not the same anymore, though. It's a lot more difficult from what yeah. I know now. Like the, the procedure to get family here yeah. is not the same. It's a lot more stringent because there's so many immigrants already here. Yeah. Is that with the new regime? Mm-hmm. Or just in general? I, no. Wait, what, what, what did you just say? The new, like, is it because of Trump? Uh, no, I don't think it's because of Trump. I just think, generally speaking, uh, they made it more stringent, because before, from what I know, um, since it, it was, like, the first time, like, we had such an inflow of new people coming in, like, like applying for someone wouldn't take as long, but, like, now there are so many immigrants already here, that there are so many people applying, that the, the volume of people that are, like, getting applied for to get sponsored to come here yeah. is, like, just too high, so I think they're reducing, um, either the volume of people that can come in, or the the time it takes for them to, like, pass, like, all the procedures and, like, get here. Damn. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or bad. I guess it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing just because there's so many people here. Like, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta take care of the country itself yeah. before you get more people, like, coming in. There's just too many variables. It's like, a complicated issue. Yeah. Much. But, so, yeah, so my, that's how my, my dad came here. And when, um, he actually, uh, I told Kobe about this the other day, but, like, um, so back in India, back then, like, being a bank teller, like, a bank manager mm-hmm. was, like, the shit. If you're a bank manager, like, you got the highest dowry. In India? Yeah. You got the oh, highest dowry. Why? Oh, okay. It was just, like, a lot of respect. I don't know why. Even, like, more than doctors. Like, if you told your friend, like... A bank my, manager? Yeah, he's like, you know, my son's Very a bank random. manager. Like, you get the highest dowry. So, my dad... So, he's like... My dad was like, yeah, I applied to be a bank manager. That's what every young guy did. Yeah, yeah. And he got the position. Didn't tell his parents because they knew that they wouldn't let him go to school. Mm-hmm. And then he did tell his parents and went to go get his... P- he went to go get his master's. Right. He went to IIT, actually. And then he went... He got over. No, no, I'm trying. I'm trying to remind you without like saying it out yeah, loud, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But uh, yeah, so he did that. So he came here with twenty one guys PhD. He, my dad has thirty. Like my dad was in upper education, like past undergrad mm-hmm. from twenty to thirty four. Right. So Damn, he was in thirty four. He was in Jesus. school forever. My dad. Was, my dad's a huge proponent of higher education. Yeah, I think that's really crucial. Well, we'll get into later for like higher education. Um, the fact that uh, both of his parents have yeah. higher education degrees and stuff like that, and think that really impacts your desire and demand uh, I, for that I mean my parents definitely shaved me yeah like, so we'll, we'll get into that later yeah, so yeah. keep going and then so that's pretty much what my dad and my mom my mom's story is kind of crazy she started out selling boat insurance um, she paid for school all by herself and she actually moved back to India kind of ran away mm-hmm. moved out to India came back and then while she was pregnant with my brother got her nursing uh, her nurse practitioner degree mm-hmm. from Pace University and then it's kind of spiraled from there and then she was on the forefront of um, uh 
the conversion to electronic medical record and mm-hmm. uh, healthcare analytics. Mm-hmm. And she's a big person in New York doing that. And then she became the chief clinical officer of a bunch of places in uh, Jamaica, Queens. Yeah. And then now she works for a healthcare startup. Okay. So that's what my parents do. Um, I'll bring I you think, to the... I think you're the only person that actually went like pretty in-depth with like what their parents did. But I think that's really yeah. important for, yeah, I mean, for, it's for important your story. Because like... It's, yeah, it completely shaped how I view yeah. education. We talk about it all the yeah. time, like how I yeah, view education. Yeah, I know, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But um, so anyway, so that's how I grew up. I, yeah, my parents were around. My brother taught me pretty much everything. My brother played basketball and baseball, so I played basketball and baseball. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when did, was there ever a time um, where, like, you noticed the difference of you, like, you stopped being in, in, in uh, like, getting babysit, babysat, babys, babysitted? Yeah, babys- I mean, it was when, I mean. Wait, is it babysitted or babysat? Baby. I think it's babysat. Babysat. Babysitted. That sounds like right. you just sit on babies. Yeah, but babysitted is like too long. Like, was there ever a point? The question is, was there ever a point where like you noticed a difference where your parents like work maybe a little less or like they started being you started being home more? Or, or, I mean, like, I think it was my my parents did work start working a little less when like like we got to a point where like it was like we actually started learning real stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also like became like when I got to age where like our, my parents are comfortable with being home by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, also, my brother took care of me. So, like, once my brother's old enough, then I'm kind of there yeah, with yeah. him. So, kind so of he, like that. he kind of became not not the head of the house, but like he, he was he was like like capable enough to like just you know leave the two of you at home. Yeah, like my brother took care of me. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. So, so, what age was that for for the two of you then? Whenever he was like he was like maybe what, 11, 12, 13, okay. something oh, really? like that. Okay, okay. I mean, my my neighborhood's not. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is another point that I guess I should talk about my neighborhood. So I grew up in Westchester in Yorktown Heights. Mm-hmm. You guys don't know Westchester is a very like it's no a very, no actually the one oh, I just recorded with Matt on the oh, last one yeah. so he kind of mentioned it but like again just for yeah reference. so I'm from a very like it's a pretty affluent area um and a lot of white people and I think that that when we talk about this a lot of time like how my like my view of people is different from like city kids yeah and the fact that like I grew up pr- like 99 percent of the kids in my school were white. Right, which is in terms of diversity, like Nothing. very, very. There's different. no diversity. Yeah, there's- I was the diversity, <laughs> right? So like, there's a like maybe one or two black kids next to no Spanish kids, and a couple Asian kids because uh the TJ Watson Center, IBM Center, mm-hmm. which is where my dad works. My dad works for IBM. Um, he's worked there for over thirty years, but um, those IBM kids were there. That was like the diversity because that's where the Chinese kids right. came. Right, and like that's where you know that's where the diversity came from. So. Where I'm from, like, it's a very affluent area, a lot of white people, and so, like, it wasn't really dangerous for me to be home by yeah, myself. Yeah. Also, like, I was in, when I was in middle school, too, like, or elementary school, when I'm in school, like, you know where enrichment is? That's what where? I call it, enrichment. Enrichment is oh, like after okay, school. Okay. Yeah, after school programs. So, like, um, New York, it's usually, uh, I don't know if they're specifically enrichment programs, but there's like boys and girls clubs. Is that yeah? That is that. Is that that's what it is. So like, I'll be in school till six whenever like they close. Mm-hmm. So I would be like, even if I wasn't like babysat, I'll be in school from whenever school Doing starts to like six thirty p.m. Damn. seven p.m. and then my parents would get me because my parents would sometimes work. My parents leave at six thirty in the morning, seven seven o'clock. Then they come back from anywhere between six thirty and sometimes nine p.m. Mm-hmm. But sometimes my dad's gone, so like he's just like out the country mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like it changed. So. That's where I did most of elementary school, and that's where I played. That's where I learned like, that's where I started picking up sports. Um, in enrichment, that's where like I, I met a lot of the kids that I played sports with. I played base. I played very much every major sport other than soccer. Um, growing up, so. that's crazy because uh, that like molded. That definitely molded your your liking to sports. No, and, I mean completely. Sports have been my life since forever. Yeah. Like yeah. sports is like it gave me my first like real. Me and Jay were talking about this before, but like I think sports is very important because being a part of a team and being accountable is is just crucial. Yep. That's the, me and Matt were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. Matt was on the football team. Yeah. Games. 
Like, um, it teaches you responsibility at a pretty early age. Because, like, when you, if you lose a game for your team, you're, you're I held feel liable. awful yeah, because, yeah. like, I let my people down. Like, people are counting on you. And, like, that's an important, that's an important lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Also, losing is an important thing. People need to lose to figure out, like, oh, shit, losing this sucks. sucks. It blows. Losing sucks. Like, we talk about this time, too. Like, like, winning isn't great. Winning is only great because how much losing sucks. Yeah. Like, I don't really give a fuck about winning. I hate losing. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's where, like, you learn hard lessons. Like, we lost because I didn't prepare. We lost because yeah, I didn't yeah, play yeah. well enough. Like, that, those are important things. Yeah. So, I played um uh, sports throughout, like, pretty much high school, uh, middle school and high school. And that's where, like, a lot of my friends were. And I, I guess going to, not really too much I remember about middle school, to be honest. But going to high school, I guess, in terms of, like, that, my dynamic in my high school... Mm-hmm. Um, I was a kid because I played sports. I knew a lot of the kids from like different areas. Like, also, I, did you grow up with the same types of kids? Like, yeah, the, yeah, the same same people yeah. from when you were young. Yeah, almost every kid in my school, like nobody like moved in or moved out. It was yeah. like I I've known the same kids from preschool. Yeah, that's what Matt was saying yesterday, yeah. yesterday too. Yeah, uh, exactly. most of the kids that he grew up with, like he just knew them since they were like very young. Because like yeah, they lived near them. Yeah, even if they went to different high schools, he lived near them, so like they'd be like a couple blocks away. Or, like, well, he also close. went to a he went to a, a private school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like for me, I went to a public school, so the whole public system. I went every elementary school I was the same kids, mm-hmm. middle school I was the same kids. So like I literally yeah, that's the, public school. That's why like when I talk about some of my old friends, yeah. it's like I knew them since like kindergarten or for, like Taron Beer. Um, when I had him on, like we talked about how like I knew him since from from kindergarten until yeah. now, but. I had the same classes with him from kindergarten all the way up until like eighth grade. Then you have a gap because he goes to a different school. You go to the school. Yeah, we went to a different high school. Because that's the city though. You go to a private school, the second. Yeah, district. exactly. With us, like it's just like if you're in your district, like I know these kids. Yeah, yeah. So I guess my dynamic in high school was um, like I wasn't. I definitely wasn't a popular kid, but mm-hmm. like I knew everybody. Everybody knew me, and I knew everybody. Like, from just like childhood. Just from like I either played sports with you, or like I know your brother knows my brother. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that. You know, so like I knew it's everywhere. a small community. Like yeah, I mean, in my school, my school wasn't huge. It wasn't small though. It was like thirteen hundred kids, and my grade was like three hundred, four hundred. That's kids. pretty well. It's not small. That's that's yeah, that's medium size. Yeah, that's a pretty. But good given guy. the fact I I've known these kids forever, true. like it wasn't that big of a deal. So um, what else am I supposed to talk about? With high school. So we're talking about high school now. Well, you kind of skipped the middle school part. I uh, middle school, I say I don't, I can't. Tell I mean, I, again, for that's why, like, I always say keep it brief when it comes to that one because yeah. that one's like I feel like for most people, elementary, middle is just like I'm incapable to like I'm kind of like I can like my parents let me out alone. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like the only difference that really happens at that I time. I really didn't like. I can't remember. Yeah. School. So of, like, the, the only reason I tell people to bring it up is if they think something important came up. Like for you, the only point that I think is important is like the fact that you were in like boys and girls clubs and yeah. activities, like being in sports, like that's crucial to what we're going to talk about later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So like, that's kind of what I grew up doing. Um, I went, I played, I mean, yeah, I played sports on the weekends. Like I was always playing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. And in so, high school, in terms of, ac- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we could go into high school, which is, like, you already know. In terms of academics, like, yeah, I guess like a big thing for me, in acad- like, I mean, I was a lot more studious. How do I say this? Like up until sophomore year, I was very like, I, I never broke the rules. Like, I was never somebody that, like, did, like... nerd. Yeah, I mean, I get I guess. Like, I don't really, like... If somebody tells me to do something, I do it. Like, it was never, like... Right. I never had, like, that rebellious period. Mm-hmm. So, I guess... You also got a job pretty early on. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, I started working when I was 14. So, it was... That was just, like... Like, you got used to, like, oh, like, they're just... Like, they'll tell me what to do, and I, I yeah, gotta do I gotta it. Like, I just gotta suck it up, and I gotta do it. That sucked. Yeah. Man, I worked at a, my local pharmacy, and the guy owner was Indian, too, so mm-hmm. you got that, like, cultural, like, you're the same culture yeah, as me. Yeah, they think you're, like, their kid, kind of. Yeah, he, he's, like, he pulls me to a higher standard, so, like, he'll yell at me in front of the customers, because yeah. I'm not, like... That's not okay. Yeah, it's just... It was bad. 
and I'm 14, and I'm, I'm I'm going in there, and there's five different people telling me different things. So naturally, when you go to like a, you work retail or anything, mm-hmm. you have five different like people who are above you telling yeah, you yeah, different tasks. Yeah. You the normal process, the logical process is all right. I have five different things. I prioritize them by which one's the most yeah. important and knock them off in that order. Mm-hmm. So I do the first thing. I was like, this needs to be done first. Then the other four people are yelling at me. I didn't do that thing. I was like, come on now. But Check my head, goddamn Indian people. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm Indian. It was We're bad. both Indian. I'm Bengali technically, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> also, there was an like, Indian guy there that had the same name as me. Pravin? Yeah, so yeah. there was like, I was a little Pravin, and there was a big Pravin. So I was a big Pravin, I looked, and he was like, oh, no, I don't know. No, not you. Stop it. Get Stop me. What are you do your work. <laughs> it was bad. Um, so let's go into, so you, you're a pretty academic student. You're, yeah. you're paying attention to all your classes. Like, grades I, are a lot. I was, but until sophomore year. Sophomore year, I don't know what happened. Like, up until sophomore year, like, I, I, was, I, I was probably like a top, in my grade, I was probably top three student. Top three, okay, yeah, damn. probably. Like I was probably like I'm. I'm not. I'm. That's actually like my guess. Mm-hmm. At least top ten, probably. Okay. I was like something like that. So what happened after sophomore year? I, don't know, I just. I was like fuck. I was like fuck this. Nah, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, <laughs> I just like I started slacking off. Like I started stop paying attention. I didn't get in trouble, but like I just like I knew I could not pay attention and do okay. Mm-hmm. So like my GPA, like going into sophomore year, was probably I was probably like top three, like GPA, mm-hmm. right? Then after sophomore year, I dropped from like a four something, mm-hmm. including like the honors, mm-hmm. like yeah, the boost, weight, the weighted averages, the boost, yeah. yeah, like to like a three, like you know what's messed three, up for seven. specialized high schools. Yeah, um, I'm really pissed off about this. I don't know if it got calculated for when we got into colleges, mm-hmm. but they didn't treat like we took all honors courses technically. We didn't get weighted like, but that. it didn't get weighted like that. Yeah. Only our AP, our APs got weighted as honors courses, but our honors courses were just regular courses for us. I'm trying to think what because I remember I remember AP classes when we take them it was weighted as like a 1.1 or something yeah like yeah, that. yeah something like that yeah it was like heavily weighted but I think honors was supposed to also have a weight but for us it didn't yeah I think I, for us it did have I don't yeah. know if it was a significant but it definitely was weighted it was definitely like a, like not just a regular class like it was, it was you could get higher like, than a four yeah 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 like yeah, that yeah. wasn't a thing at our school which I think was kind of messed up yeah because then how are you supposed to like judge kids going yeah, to college the, the, the metric isn't the same it's, there's no consistency mm-hmm. you need some like rudimentary stats that's why I guess a standardized testing course is important yeah it's the same skill for everybody. But yeah, so I was doing good. Then I was like, I was like, yo, I don't want to do this anymore. And then it ended up happening was junior year. And that honestly, uh, I guess we'll get into this one in terms of college, applying to colleges. But like senior year ended up being my best. Slap your uh, hand, man. <laughs> dang it, sorry. But uh, like senior year ended up being like my best year. Which uh, is high school? Yeah, which okay. is like, un- I don't think it's conventional. I'll be like, last semester of senior year, they're like, you already got to school. You're like, I stopped going to classes. Yeah, exactly. I literally stopped going to school. Yeah, like, everybody's <laughs> cutting and stuff. Like, for me, like, I, I like I had an almost perfect GPA that semester. And that actually, like, after I got into college, the GPA that they saw was a lot lower than what my final one was. My mm-hmm. final, my GPA I applied for college was like a 3.9, I don't know, like something in the 3.9. That's nine. interesting that your school GPA for... Yeah, for for your average, because my school just did average. I don't think they had a GPA. It was like eight. Well, it, that's the conversion yeah. though. Oh, okay, that's okay. I, I never. I don't remember. I had an eighty-seven average or something like that. Yeah, that's like a what? It's like, like a three, th- mid threes. Mid, yeah. It's like a three five. That's, that's like, like yeah. an A minus. Yeah. Really? I think. I don't think that's the name. It's like a B plus. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's like a three four. Like a, it sounds like I, I I I'd say I was a B plus student in high school. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think that's reasonable. But so yeah, so. That kind of I that kind of messed up my college application process because I get my college my undergrad college application process was a little rough for me because I applied to like eight schools and Stony Brook's the only school I got into and that was like a huge ego hit. Yeah. Um. I, I wasn't even gonna apply to Stony Brook. I was like, I don't, I'm gonna get into one of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Like I I applied to school Stony Brook the last day that it was like this thing was due only because some random guy. Well, I I I was doing a project um for school 
And some random guy was like, oh, you should, like, what are you doing? Oh, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And, um... Did he tell you about He's Stony like, Brook? yeah, Stony Brook, good. Like, I was like, all right, whatever, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up being the only school I got into. So, like, that guy saved me. Yeah. Because I wanted to take a gap year, and who knows what happened. Yeah. That would be a huge hit to my ego, too. That's crazy. Damn. Um, the little things that, like, really change your direction. Everything changed because of that. It blows your mind. It blows yeah. my mind. Not your mind. Everyone's mind. Your <laughs> mind. Everybody's mind. <laughs> um, another quick thing about high school in terms of, like, the direction of my life I, I say I was writing graduate school essays yeah. and it kind of seems like my life is actually coherent even though it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of like no, it, no I mean th- th- this is a uh, when I had Greg on this show yeah. when you don't when you don't think about it like the everything all the little things it doesn't seem like any of it makes sense yeah. but when he was sitting here and he was really like thinking of everything and like I was making him go through the story it's sequential it's, it is yeah. it really is sequential everyone's yeah. story has a start point and end point everything yeah. in the middle is like a little up and down but you end up where you end up there's some direction sense. going yeah exactly so uh, one thing I want to add about Hickel was um, in terms of getting my interest in what I do now um, so sophomore year I entered a program called like the science research program Mm-hmm. I don't know if other schools uh, have was it. Was it uh, for you, right? Westf. Westf. Yeah, Westchester Science Engineering yeah. Fair. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the same thing for New York. It's NYSEF. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, New York, whatever thing. Yeah. So a lot science. of a lot of a lot of people had those things, right? So at the time, people that did like research project over the summer and stuff, they were doing stuff on like stem cells and like curing cancer and all at that, that early age. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're actually well, some of them kids that had good they're just like researching it. No, like they're doing real projects and they're working in labs and stuff, but like. I'm not sure. Like some of them were actually doing like, official stuff. Like one guy made a skiing robot. Damn, that's crazy. Some people doing official stuff, that's right? Crazy. Dude, the resources you get in high school can like really propel you for whatever you do later on. Yeah, like I, Colby's a great example of that. Like yeah. he, he interned at some place when he was in, in high school, and that that coupled with him knowing some people from there, like definitely helped him skyrocket his ability to get into med school. Without a doubt. And like I know a couple of kids that were working at Regeneron. Regeneron is like one of was at the time. It was like one of the fastest growing stocks in America. Because mm-hmm. like what is Regeneron again? It's like a pharmaceutical company. Okay, okay, okay. Right? It was yeah. huge, right? So, and like the guy who owns it, he actually put his son used to play basketball with me. Mm-hmm. And so he's from my town. So he's, a, he's like the chief scientist. Is this guy that has the Ferris Bueller car? No, that's, that, that's a different guy. He okay. also owns a pharmacy, okay. I think. Uh, this guy has an indoor basketball, half-court basketball court in his that's house. So dope. That's it's so crazy. Cool. That's right? so cool. But, um, so anyways, I was doing that. So everybody's doing all this stuff. And like, I really don't care about medical stuff. Like, that was never me. Mm-hmm. I was good at math. Like, that's what I'm good at. I didn't really... At the time, I wanted to be a lawyer. That was set on being a lawyer. You also said that later on in college, but you yeah. know, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> but like, I, I was set on being a lawyer. I was like, at this time, also, I was like, I don't care about what I do. I just want to make a lot of money on that bullshit, yeah, yeah. right? So I was like, all right, I want to be a lawyer, but I'm joining this program because my brother did it. I was like, it looks good for school. Mm-hmm. It looked good, right? So then my uncle, I got introduced to my uncle who does something called, he does stuff in, uh, uh, how do you say it? Like, it's called op- it's an operations, operations research, research yeah. but like what he does is like optimization of like ads. So like, if you watch like AMC or like where they put the ads mm-hmm. on like Breaking Bad or something like mm-hmm. that, like how they schedule the ads. Like where they put it, like this is the target demographic you want. I think to get. I think before or like at your time when you're like like you know getting introduced to that, mm-hmm. I think it was a lot more new of an idea. I feel yeah. like now most people like they understand that a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Like the average person is like, oh, social media analytics stuff, yeah, like yeah. like just kind of like figuring out where things should go because like it hits the demographic better. Yeah, I think. Oh, well, also with like like the whole thing with Facebook and, mm-hmm. like, ad reaching and all. I feel like it's just, like, that information, like, everyone, like, realizes, like, oh, crap. Like, yeah. Like, they put a lot of work behind that stuff. The amount of public data that everybody knows you're feeding... Like, you, you're aware now when you're feeding information yeah, to exactly, the system. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which people really weren't at the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he did that, and he introduced me to idea of operation research using data analytics to optimize different problems. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, a new concept for, you know, the science research program in my opinion, because, like, a lot of people, like I said, were doing medical stuff, mm-hmm. which is cool, but that, that wasn't me. 
So the first project I did um, that summer was looking at my school's bus routing system, yeah. which um, they had a problem with it. Like all buses were supposed to be there at 705, but none of them were at 705. Mm-hmm. So like, why? Like that's an important question. Why? So I did a problem. I did a project um, using with him as my uncle as my mentor, doing uh, using discrete event simulation to try to identify the bottlenecks in the system. Bottlenecks. Yeah, and so. then and then long story short, like we try to identify reasons for it. Um, I, I wrote a paper on it, and then I presented that at a uh, Informs, which is a business uh, operation research and uh, business analytics conference. Conference, yeah. And it was in San Antonio, Texas. So that's when I went to San Antonio. It was in San Antonio when you were in high school? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's, that's that why I did that. That makes sense, though. Then the second project I did, which was the next year, so that was when I was a junior. So senior year, I did a project. Um, my mom, like I said, worked at for a medical clinic. Uh, at Jamaica comp- at the time, right? Yeah. Okay. She, she worked at a, a company that owns a bunch of federally qualified med- uh, medical centers in Jamaica, Queens, and all around like Queens in general. Mm-hmm. And... Federal qualified health centers have a very specific demographic. Um, a lot of the kids, a lot of people that go there are recovering drug addicts. They go, they are forced to go there. It's like an alternative to prison. They get bused there from like these communities. It's like not your normal. Like, you and I wouldn't go to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So because of that, they had a lot of issues with patient, long patient waiting time. Patient long waiting times were very long, and provider utilizations were fluctuating. Meaning some days the the providers would have no breaks in between uh, patients, and other days they would have a lot of breaks. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of issues with that. So I did a, uh, another project um, on trying to help them identify, you know, what are the problems. And then I actually presented that, my findings and, like, my suggestions to the administration, like the CEO of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the people that own the clinic. Okay, okay. And um, the cool thing about this project was this is, one of the, this is honestly one of the biggest learning things that, that has propelled me. One, that was right when Obamacare got passed. Mm-hmm. And Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, at the time when it was rolling out, it mandated that everybody converted to an electronic medical record. Right. Right. So that made a lot of data public and like easy to access and nobody was doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I didn't have to collect any additional data for that. Like they already Just had it. it. Yeah. But yeah. they weren't using it. Right. So that was cool. And second thing is like it was my first like introduction to like consulting gig. Because like I was like. That's basically. That was basically consulting. It is exactly what it was. Especially because no one really knew how to use data. Especially yeah. Nobody knew. The time. They were just like, all right, here's like a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I got deep. I didn't. I, I didn't have any patient names on it because you can't like hit yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, all those things, a lot of issues with that. And I learned a lot about like how triage works. I learned a lot about how healthcare in general works. Mm-hmm. So I did a project on that and I presented that at the Winter Simulation Conference, which is in DC. And I wrote, that one's actually published. So I, I got that published. Um, so if you Google my name, Provence Santana, you should see it. Nice plug. Yeah. Go check it out. Check tough it guy, out. Tough guy. Right. <laughs> you see that and you'll see like something on my They'll teach you things on, uh, but, on, on the hospitals and yeah. such so that was pretty cool I learned a lot about healthcare and that was like my real introduction then I kind of knew like alright this is the path I want to do I like doing data analytics I like solving real problems like these mm-hmm. are these are two different problems that are real life problems that are very different and like not conventional like when people think about math people don't always think like these no, are people, type of problems people don't know honestly I was actually we were at the bonfire last night mm-hmm. I was talking to this girl from uh, Connecticut who's a graphics design major sure. and as I'm talking to her like she didn't even she didn't know I was a math major before this. Yeah. But like I was talking to her, I was like, oh, like you know, like why are you going to go for design? Like what are you going to do with it? And like she was saying all the reasons why. And it's like I don't know. Like I, I never really thought I'd go this way. That's my girl voice. No, I hope no one gets offended by my girl voice. That's my girl voice though. Um, 
She's like, I don't really, like, I don't really know what to do with it. And then she wasn't even annoying, but like, that's just how I, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> that's the Cali voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and she's like, I don't really know what I'm going to do with it. And you know, you never know what you're going to do with it until you're kind of like just in it. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I would never know what like a math major does. And I was like, yeah. I'm a math major. Yeah. Like, that's what I do. It's like, yeah. even I didn't know what I was going to do with the math major at the time. Like you, you, you people, unless you're in whatever you're doing, like you don't yeah. realize how many types of jobs and and uh, positions need to be filled out there. Also, even a lot of math majors, like, they think, like, the, the, the way is, like, Wall Street mm-hmm. or, like, being an actuary, which yeah, are both yeah. good paths. Yeah. But, like, there's a lot more out there. Yeah. There's and, a lot. There's a lot out there for yeah. math majors. But uh, the only point is, like, this this, this experience in high school really opened my eyes, like, oh, to, shit. To what could be it? Yeah. Like, th- that's kind of been the root of my path. Mm-hmm. Like, that started everything for me. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so I applied to school with this background. And industrial engineering is where operation research is for most schools. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I apply to, like, Berkeley, you know, all this, all the Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. Michigan, it's all in industrial engineering. And this is the only school I applied to under uh, apply math. So, I didn't get anywhere else. I got wasted a bunch of places, didn't get in, and this is the only school I got into. Right. So, at the time, I was like, oh, like, damn, like, I thought. You know, honestly, like, hindsight, hindsight, like, looking back at it now, like, I feel like Stony Brook is one of the better places no, to have gone to, for, for anything math-related. Yeah, anything STEM-related, anything medical, physics, comp sci, or math. like this. Because I told you this the other day, like, Stony Brook has 6% of all applied math majors in the nation. We're, like, one of the one of the best schools for math, yeah. and it's crazy. Like, We're really good. Like, I, I didn't know that either. Like, I just came in, I was like, I'm going to school, I'm going to college, like, I'm going to do stuff. That guy, that, run, that random guy that my dad yeah. was, he blessed me. He like, did. He if it wasn't for that guy, like, a lot of things would have been different. But, right, right. So yeah, so I apply here. So did you in. did you come in yeah. with the thought that you might have gone into like uh, like not the applied math program but an operations research or more of an engineering like, yeah. geared path? That's okay. what I was planning on doing. Okay. So did you have an area of interest when you came in? Because when I came in, I was actually I don't really know if anybody anyone knows this, but I was area of interest electrical engineering. I didn't know. That. Yeah, I came in as no, like, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't really, like. I mean, it was a very short amount of time that yeah. I came in as that. Um, you made, uh, made the transition real quick. <laughs> you want to know why I made the transition real quick? Yeah. I came in. It was AOI electrical engineering because Kishan was doing electrical engineering. Yeah. Kishan finishes electrical engineering again. Fuck you for getting your degree on electrical engineering and actually doing that. But I came in and they're like, "Oh, like you have to take all of these physics classes." Yeah. And I was like, "I don't want to take physics because yeah. I hated physics." And I was like, "I'm going to math." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that for, I did. I mean, I was already in the department. If that's what you're asking, like I applied for this department for the. the I was well, in the university immediately. You were in AMS immediately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I, I knew what I was doing. Like, not in terms of, like, I knew, like, this is what I wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine, if you go, because it has, a, a, like, a transcript of, like, all the things that you've done for, like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like major changes and mm-hmm. stuff. It was AOI in electrical engineering for, like, the first, like, three months, yeah. I think. And then AMS, and then later on, like, the other stuff that I put on. Also, a lot of people that come in undecided, and there's nothing wrong with it. No, no, not at all, not at all. Honestly, for a lot of people, I think a lot of people make the mistake of not coming in undecided. Yeah, I think being undecided, and then taking a bunch of classes, figuring it out, and then, like, committing to something yeah. is the right way to do it. Which is, I think, what education can give you, yeah. what give you passion and stuff. But anyways, so I came in AMS, and then, yeah, what else is there to say about that? So Is, is um, well, I mean, you can go into your... The college path, like the, the classes you took. Oh, Cause, okay. Because, because for you in specific, and again, it's because like I, I know you is yeah. you take uh, you've taken a lot more courses than me. Like I'm I'm also a math major with eco, mm-hmm. uh, but I did sustainability as a minor. Um, you can talk about how you went into comp sci for a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then switched over, um, picked up the eco, which you regret, and I know you're gonna get peeved about that. Yeah. But um, that um, and then kind of like the takeaways you got from all your classes. Sure. So um, I think one thing that people don't really when they look at school, they look at it like they're too heavy on like the degree. Mm-hmm. Like that means everything. Like I have a math degree. Mm-hmm. Like 
Yeah. Like, it's the it. title of yeah, the which, show. Which is not, in my opinion, is not the right way to look at it. And a lot mm-hmm. uh, this is tied into my dad because like... I keep of, trying to drink this, but this is empty. Like, this has been <laughs> empty for like the last three attempts of me trying to drink it. <laughs> it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. But like a lot of this comes from my dad. Like, like my dad hears this. Like he'll be like, this is me talking. Yeah, but, like yeah. a lot of the stuff, I, how I think is from him. Mm-hmm. But like... I don't think about it in terms of my degree. I need you need skills. Right. Like the key is skills. Like when I come out, whenever you whoever you are, you come out, you need to be able to go to somebody and say, I can do I can X, do Y, and Z for you. Yeah. And I'm good at this. And I think most people in college, um, maybe one of them, in terms of me- like just the schoolwork, you don't get enough skills that are like fully applicable. Yeah. Um, because school doesn't teach you that. No. They not give at you all. they give you the tools to be able to figure out the skills. You need initiative. But yeah, you need to you need to take it, you need to compile it, bring it all together, and then do something with it, which but not everyone can do. This is the the, pro, the the thing I think I'm spoiled in the fact that like I had direction early. Yeah, which yeah. Which is important. like kind of like from the high school to And that's what I wanted that's why I like brought it up specifically in the beginning, like your parents having higher education. Yeah. yeah like yeah. they that coupled with the fact that you had that high school background of like yeah. doing research and talking to your like, to your uncles and stuff like that, yeah. that really brings it like tied it together for you having a general idea and just what you're going to do with, I know, with the degree. I know what real world people do. Exactly, of. exactly. Like yeah. I didn't know what real world people did. Until maybe last year. Yeah. Which like is realistically yeah, until yeah. last year. Yeah, that's like that's just that's known people. Yeah, exactly. So so I knew I kinda I knew what's like for me when I take classes and so like what he was saying about like the class I've taken I've taken all I've taken pretty much every AMS course mm-hmm. in the program other than three sixteen. Time series analysis. Yeah, yeah, time series analysis, which I didn't take. Um every other one pretty much I've taken that I've I've been eligible to take. So I think that the way I think about it is I need skills and these classes give me some background in something. I, I, like, I'm not somebody that like, I'm going to remember everything in class mm-hmm. and I know immediately, oh, this is how I'm going to use it. Right. But the point is not, that's not the point. The point is I have a foundation in things. So when the real world, most of the stuff you learn on the job, yeah, doing yeah. real stuff, but I'm not scared because I have had some background. I know some things about this and like, I can pick it up quickly. Like I, I, Cause I, I did bring this up at a point when we were talking to you and James, Yeah. which uh, if you're listening to this episode in like probably like two weeks after whenever this one goes up, we'll have the fat boys on. So you'll know hey. who James is. Um, but when, when we were talking, I was saying how, um, like I, I don't remember my classes. Like I don't know. Like I don't think I could ever do them again or whatever. Yeah. But if I ever if if I ever see any of the stuff that I've learned before, it won't be hard to pick up. Again. Yeah, like I won't innately know. Like I won't just be able to look at like a calc four problem or a finite, finite mathematical problem. Yeah. Like for for uh, three eighteen. Yeah. Um, investment theory. Like yeah, yeah. I won't be able to just look at it and be like, oh, I know exactly what to do here. But if I took like five minutes and just like looked at it, looked up some formulas, whatever it may be, I'd figure it out. You're you're not scared. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, and going back to like the comp side thing, mm-hmm. so I try to pick up comp side and I took through uh, most of like the introductory courses, and like that, and I I ended up I had I remember where I was exactly where I was in the Dewey Lounge downstairs. Yeah, I was talking to my dad. I was like, Yo, like I can't, I, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do it because like. I have to give up, like, I, I, I credit to anybody who's a comp major because Dude, you're putting the amount time, of time you man. put in is just crazy. The homeworks don't, like, you can't. Any, anyone who's considering doing comp sci or is, like, you have to like be in, a, the, in the first, like, forefront of doing comp sci, there's no, like, the more you do it, the more time you're going to put in. Like, it's just, it's just trial and error. It's it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Just time. Your homeworks are, you can't, like, doing, you have to do a homework at minimum week in advance. Yeah. You can't. You there's can't, no, like, getting by at the yeah, very end. It's there's no, that. you can't, it's like, you can't cheat it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like man hours. Yeah, like, yeah. That's the only way. And yeah. you need to live in the TA. Like, that's mm-hmm. the only way. 
So um, I was like, I picked it up as a minor, as a double major. Mm-hmm. I was like, because a comp sci, if you guys go to Stormbrook, comp sci and math, like, is very there's a lot of, There's a lot that overlaps with AMS, because yeah. AMS, Bi- again, like, it, it, it builds that foundation for a lot of courses. So uh, engineering, biomedical engineering. Physics. Physics, um, comp sci. Yeah. Because um, you need Calc 3, Calc 4 for a lot of yeah, the other things. Yeah, yeah, So, like, you can take a lot of the foundation courses in AMS for that. Yeah, AMS is a relatively small major. It's also a very small degree, yeah. So I took a lot of the comps and I was like, yo, I don't want to do this. Um, and But the important thing was I took enough where like, I'm not scared. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, for all the stuff I've done, like I, I, wrote co- I write code pretty often. And like I can pick it up very easily. I can write my own things if I need to. So that's where kind of what it gave me. But mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be a software developer. I don't want to mm-hmm. be a software engineer. I don't want that to be. I don't, I'm not a Java programmer. I'm not working for Google. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not my path. Mm-hmm. You know, so... That's why I picked up Compsite in the beginning, and I thought I was like, oh, if I come out with Compsite AMS, I would be like hot shit. Yeah, you, which you would be. You, you would really be. would be. Hundred percent would be like if you if you did a double major Compsite AMS and you came out and even if you didn't have internships and you applied to a lot of these companies at a relatively good GPA, high probability you're gonna get hired. Yeah, like, high probability. You have real skills, like you'll be fine. Yeah. So that that's why I thought I was like, this is not for me. So then I picked up Eco because I was like, oh, like at the time I was still thinking like Wall Street's an option mm-hmm. a lot of people do AMS do double with eco mm-hmm. and try to go into uh, eco's economics because econ- econ- economics is also another one of those things where it's like it overlapped a little bit with mm-hmm. a lot of the, the not AMS courses but a, actually a lot of eco courses count as if you take AMS electives yeah exactly yeah. that's what it is so I think it was I think it's three up to three economics courses at Stony Brook count as electives for AMS and if you take 303 like and 305 if you take 303 and 305 you it counts as like one elective yeah yeah that, I feel like that's what I'm thinking of yeah. I think but you get like anywhere from six to nine credits like for AMS done a as a major it's a lot and you get a, a major out of it yeah and yeah. it's yeah exactly so that's what I was thinking I really regret that like he was saying before because like I really don't like I realize like I don't give a fuck about stocks I don't care about yeah, Wall yeah. Street like I thought like oh that's where you make a lot of money like investment banking money, it but, is but like it's not they throw money at you if yeah. you're good but yeah. like I just don't like I don't care and mm-hmm. like this is a big thing I learned too in terms of back to like in high school and I want to be a lawyer like if you think that you can just get by with like I just want to make a lot of money it's not gonna happen it doesn't work that way it you really have to be, you have to be passionate and capable at whatever you're doing that's like that is the key if you're good at what you do like you'll get paid the money will find you mm-hmm. like you gotta be good and that's like kind of again that's my, my dad talking like mm-hmm. he was like see he used to tell me a phrase in Tamil all the time when I was, when I was like five years old he's like you can't be mediocre mm-hmm. like I don't he's like if you want to be my, a, lot, a lot of parents like Especially immigrant parents, like you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. My dad's like, I don't care what you do, you better not be bad. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to be, a, if you want to be a sculptor, you better be the best damn sculptor. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be fine with it. But, like, yeah. you better be good. Like, I don't care. And you that's a really important good. lesson. Yeah, and that's like that's the way it should. Because that's that that yeah. One, that is the way it should be. And, yeah. and two, I think um, like parents need to understand they don't know everything that's out there. Yeah. Um, and kind of like guide their kids, but not f- like. Not not make them do a certain thing. You not can't force anything. Kind of just help them yeah. and make sure they're just doing something correct. Like, yeah, like like you know, going like a general direction. You have to feel out. That's why, like when you're a kid, you have to get put in stuff. Like getting put in sports is important because yeah. you feel out. Like oh, I like this. I don't mm-hmm. like this. Some kids like they're not meant for like being a doctor, but like they can fix bikes like a motherfucker. Like put him in trade school. Like he could he could really See, like, this thing was, there's that there's that look we're talking about with like the title with a degree. There's yeah. a whole privilege thing. Yeah. That and there's a lot more complicated things with that. Yeah. Especially with immigrant parents too, but like 
you I think the real key thing for be, being a parent I mean, obviously I'm not a parent but like it's uh it's uh like <laughs> if you you're know, a parent you gotta listen to him. He, knows, he knows what's that I know more than you <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know finding what your kid is good at and then like cultivating that yeah is like the right way to do it I just think. reinforcing the right things that they're doing yeah like, like we're getting and stuff and letting them like pick what they like and then mm-hmm. being good at it so I got proof I'm very privileged, privileged yeah. with that so I picked up economics and I, I, I regret it because I didn't learn anything. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I really wish I picked up physics because my dad's a PhD in physics. Mm-hmm. And um, he always told me like, probably I don't care if you, you use it or not. But he always told me also like, he would have never let me get a degree in something that's not STEM. Mm-hmm. And it's not because he wants me to be in STEM, but he says like, you can't learn comp sci without structured teaching, mm-hmm. like a textbook. You can't learn organic chemistry without a teacher mm-hmm. and structured time. Like you, a lot of things you can't learn without a textbook and a teacher and like the right way like hardcore things yeah so most things in STEM in my opinion you can't yeah. you, you need that right mm-hmm. and it teaches you how to think like that's yeah. a huge thing about physics like if you do a physics problem the hard part is not the formulas and doing like anybody like you take a derivative here an integral there and F, uh, like net force equals mass times acceleration like you know that mm-hmm. that's not the hard part the hard part is this is the problem it's a word problem the only way you can solve it is by drawing the free body diagram, making the arrows, tension goes this way, mm-hmm. this much this much in that horizontal direction, and then it's like it's being able to visualize it and like yes, really think it's problems, think, think it's critical thinking. Through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the hard part. Once you draw the free body diagram, literally like it becomes even, a five it becomes a five minute. Even thing. um game theory, which I took this semester, like yeah. I was thinking about it. It may not be the most difficult course, but as I was doing all the practice questions, like I was you have to think. Like I was looking. Like, you know when you do, um, when you're looking for, uh, when you're doing iterative elimination of dominant strategies? Yeah. Um, and you're just looking at all the rows and the columns? Mm-hmm. I was like, my brain is working so much faster than the beginning of the semester just yeah. looking at this matrix. Yeah. I was just, like, looking at it, like, like scanning through it, scanning up and down, and, like, crossing out everything that I needed to cross out. Yeah. And it was a lot faster. And I was yeah. like, wow, like, I actually, like, got better at this. And also, like, it's, like, even, like, understanding how an algorithm works understand like the, the concept the mm-hmm. concept is the key yeah. like doing the problem okay cool but like that's why I'm a huge fan of proofs I don't know if that makes yeah, it sound weird proofs, but no. like he's a nerd yeah, oh. but, like, <laughs> I think I think proofs are extremely important because like I, I've talked about I mean it's a foundation it's a foundation and like when I argue like if I if somebody tries to like LeBron is better than Kobe right mm-hmm. the way I would argue for or against that is support is, is, is induction is like oh, this guy. contradiction all oh, contradiction like like that induction and contradiction that, like that's how you, like you anybody who argues like that's how they do it you're just not consciously thinking about mm-hmm. it and learning about it in class like well I've had like, this argument with you with philosophy philosophy is similar but in a textual way in I think opinion. it's it's different though I think I yeah, think philosophy yeah, yeah, is yeah. important because I think philosophy is articulating way. I think okay so proofs I'd say is hmm, hmm. for example right let's say you and me have a disagreement right okay identifying where the disagreement is, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very important step because, like, I'll say the... All right, you know how you run in proofs in geometry, mm-hmm. right? That was these two shit tri- at right? geometry. So you have, like, the, prove that this thing is an isosceles triangle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to write the first step, right? You write the first statement and then it's, a, like, the, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the theorem for why it's right. right? Yes, yeah. That's the second statement, right? So if I'm arguing with you and you disagree with me, right? Mm-hmm. The way I would go about identifying where, because like if you have a, if it's a complicated topic, you have to identify where the li- the weak link in the chain is that we mm-hmm, disagree mm-hmm. on. Because most likely not, it's one small thing that if we get on the same page with that, the rest of it connects. Yeah. Okay. So like if I say the first step and I say the theorem and you say okay I agree, then I go do the list. I find the, the third find one. Find the one that's I find the, the right one, one. Then we figure that out yeah. and then the rest of it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's it's like that. That's how you make arguments. Yeah, I guess that is a. That is a better... I mean, philosophy is similar. It's not better it, or worse, it, but like... No, it, it is. That's a better explanation, though, because the, the proof is innately step-by-step. Step. Yeah. 
Where philosophy is more just like you're getting evidence and bringing it together. Yeah. It, um, it, it is the same because like chronology and like mm-hmm. the papers like I've written for my philosophy class, like you just have to make sure that like the statement leads into the next. Like the, as you keep going into like why you have this reasoning or this thought or mentality, like you need to keep going with the statements to go deeper and deeper. With I just it. feel like those things are a little more subjective. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, that's, that's why like I, I, I think yours is a better example because it's a step-by-step like proof. Like, yeah. Actually, like you prove it. Yeah, because if these are facts. It's not a subjective. Yeah, exactly. Facts, it's not and a then you figure out what thing. the problem is and then you agree on the fact and then you keep going. It's an so, objective truth. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, is valuable. Dude, I honestly, I think that's the reason I probably did the best on my uh, geometry regions. Yeah. Because I got a 90... Eight on my geometry regions and all my other regions, I think were like they were they were good, but they weren't they weren't that good. But I think it's because like the way geometry is taught, like you you learn all the foundation, like you're forced to learn all of the foundation of why you're doing all the things you're doing. This is why I hate this bullshit meme that says, "I'm really glad we learned about parallelograms because it's very helpful during parallelogram season." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're trying to argue like, "Oh, like we don't learn about taxes and how to pay taxes, but we learn about geometry. Geometry is useless. Taxes are important. Why is high school like mm-hmm. this?" First of all, you should learn about finance. That is important. Yeah. But like, you have to cater to the highest denominator. The kid that wants to yeah. do take integrals and learn how to do differential equations, he needs to know area under the curve. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't. That's not a good reasoning. Yeah. And that's like, like critical thinking is important. Like, this is why I go back to like. It's just getting your brain going. Working really just mental like stimulation. Yeah. Like that's what you need. Yeah, yeah. And like once you know how to solve problems, picking up random things on the job is easy. Mm-hmm. But being a problem solver, that's like going back to the original point. That's why proofs and physics and things like that are important. Yeah. So that's kind of how I structure like my classes and like why I take what I take. Because you've taken a lot more AMS heavy courses than I have. Yeah, I've, I've taken any any course pretty much I've, I can any course I could take I would take. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been here like a lot of winters and summers taking mm-hmm. courses because like I just feel like one I don't want to waste my money and two like I want to learn something. I like yeah. I, I guess I do I like learning. He's a nerd. <laughs> but so that's that's kind. He's a nerd. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of like why I did what I did, and then. Um, I guess in terms of recent developments in college, um, yeah, we'll get yeah, let's get into that one. Get into that, yeah. Okay, so, because that basically sums it up for college. Because yeah. I want I wanted to talk to you about like lifting and your transition as like a person. Um, but oh yeah, but no, but we're not gonna talk because um we're having the fat boys on yeah, yeah, yeah. on I got two two more so like three like three episodes we got the fat boys on and in that one we'll focus more on personality differences changing over time the effect of like all that stuff. But we'll get into that in yeah, the next yeah. podcast. But fat boys is awesome. Yeah, fat boys is awesome. It's a movement. But yeah, um, yeah. so we'll transition now into your decisions in your senior year because. Your senior year was definitely a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of thinking, a lot of considerations. Um, So your uh, decision to do what you're going to be doing and what you're planning on doing in these upcoming years. Also, like where you like all the places that you did apply and like what your thought process was behind that. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess so I'm taking these courses like again at the time I was I picked up eco. So I was like, all right, Wall Street's an option. These things are an option whatever. Right. And the name of the game is always options. Like even really if you don't, if, even if you don't want, you have, Chinese, you have doors. You need doors. Yeah, even if you want Chinese food every night, like you want somebody to offer you Italian sometimes. <laughs> even if I, you want, you don't want to Chinese. Or like if you want to go to a party, like I don't want to go to a party, but I want somebody to ask. Like, me like no matter how much you love something, you're gonna need something else. Yeah. So you could keep loving that thing. Yeah. You want uh, you want options. Like that's yeah, the name yeah, of the yeah. game. That's what anything. So I was like, all right. So how do I make myself? Actually, that's kind of. I just realized how bad of an example that kind of is. If you think of relationships, yeah, don't. <laughs> you know, you don't. love it until you kind of want to taste something else, and then you come back. No, don't do that. No, don't condone, cheat. we're not condoning. We're not, don't yeah. don't do that. You yeah. cheat on your Chinese food with Italian food. Don't <laughs> cheat on your wife or something yeah, like that, or like don't. your girlfriend or whatever. Whoever's listening, don't yeah. cheat. <laughs> that more end of the story. Don't cheat. <laughs> don't cheat. Don't cheat. It's not good. Yeah, but um, so. So I was trying yeah, to. Yeah, they're, they're playing Fortnite outside. Oh, so okay, yeah, yeah. 
But I, so I was like, all right, I want to make myself as versatile as possible. I applied a bunch of things. I applied like Goldman Sachs, investment banks. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else, you get denied by everybody. You I get that. You get that email. We regret to inform we regret, you. Dude, do you know how many times <laughs> I I got three more today. We regret to inform you. Uh, we picked another candidate. Yeah, and then also like also it's like most of the time it's the same as the acceptance one. It's like one word is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like like uh, what was it? The first way I'm gonna I can pull one up and literally like what? Well, give me give me literally twenty seconds. Yeah, after careful consideration, up. we do not want to continue or like we do want to continue. It's like one word changes it. Oh, I deleted all of them because I was feeling bad. <laughs> I cleaned my I cleaned, yeah, my, I cleaned yeah. my emails today. All these are acceptance letter ones. <laughs> yeah, I cleaned, I cleaned, okay, yeah. <laughs> the only only good things about me. Yeah, this is the good things. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I got rejected by like a bunch of places, and like at this time, like I was talking about sports. Uh, I guess it's important to say. Mm-hmm. So as I said before, sports have been a big part of my life. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Moneyball. I talk about this all the time. Right, you but do. Moneyball has been like was a huge influence on me because it's a real story about. Uh, how data analytics has infiltrated sports everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a true story on the Oakland Athletics, which is a baseball team. What year did that movie come out? That's a good question. 08, 06, something like that. Let me check. It's about the early 2000s, yeah, I yeah. think, or maybe late 1900s. But you keep on explaining about it. Yeah, so it's about, like, it's a movie with Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. Even if you don't like sports, it's a really good, it's just an overall really good movie. And it's about how, um, pretty much, baseball is a very, think about baseball is a very old sport, and, like, a lot of people like it's like a traditional sport. They don't have younger fans mm-hmm. and stuff. That's not really related, but it is kind of in the fact that like I mean, kind it, of, they do it a certain way. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, so the best example is one. One really quick is that it was made in two thousand eleven, so it's pretty recent. Okay. Yeah. Also, got a ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a really good. Movie. Great, it is a good movie. I'm not a baseball person at all. I really don't like baseball, yeah. but I think it's a great movie. They don't really go into the data. They don't really go into the data analytics that much, no. and they also don't really go into the baseball that much. Like the story is the important. The story, part. Yeah, the story is important. Um, and like the the events that happen. But one of the scenes that's really important is the scene where uh, Brad Pitt's trying to convince all of like the owners yeah. and all that stuff, like all the really old white dudes that are there. Um, that are only the teams like, oh, we need to change our strategy. Like this isn't working, and all of yeah. them are like, no, like we've been doing this for years. Like yeah. we go by gut instinct, and like yeah. this is how it works. Um, but like that's not how it is. Like he he introduced that whole idea of, of uh, data analytics being. Uh, use and like being able to predict uh, whatever yeah. you want to find out. It's, it's just like being able to ch- influence like change and like when there's a status quo and people have been doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. it's never easy to change yeah. with people, right? So the thing is, baseball is a long sport. Scouts like they go based on the fact that I have domain expertise. Like mm-hmm. I know baseball. I've been, I play baseball. You never play baseball. You're just a stats guy. Like how do you know mm-hmm. what we should do? Like personnel decisions. So the biggest thing is like in baseball, especially the money disparity is a big problem. Like the Yankees, yeah, like the, the Yankees, teams. Yes. the Yankees got <laughs> the Yankees got all the money. Like yeah, we can yeah. we can we can miss on a player, we can hire a player past his prime, pay him like overpay him, and if it doesn't work out, like we'll just buy a new one. Mm-hmm. And paying the luxury tax isn't a big deal. Right. Whereas teams with less money, small market teams, like them can't they if they make a gamble and it doesn't work out, that sets them back five six years. Mm-hmm. So the idea behind this, the, uh, the the movie is the Oakland Athletics don't have money. And they're trying to compete with the Yankees, and they mm-hmm. lost like the three big, the best three players from the season before get picked up by bigger teams like Johnny Damon. If you guys know Johnny Damon, Jason Giambi, and Isringhausen both got picked Giambi. up. Giambi, why does it sound so? He funny? played for the Yankees. He played for the Yankees, okay. But um, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. um, that was the idea behind it, and then they picked up this guy Jonah Hill's character, and they used data analytics to make a team where they find value in players and pay them as little as possible, mm-hmm. and they end up making the playoffs and like overthrowing pretty much the way people do things. And that movie really opened my eyes to like, oh shit, like data analytics is becoming big in sports. Yeah. And it's really a fascinating, and it combines two things I, I kind of know that I like. You have domain expertise. Yeah. Like, you, and like you, sports. If I say so. Yeah. So, like it's just like sports, a lot of people that follow sports, like, 
Like, are you going to remember anything from class? But if I ask you what school Paul Pierce went to in, in college, everybody knows it's Kansas. Like, or where did George, where did Allen Iverson That's play? So it's Georgetown. Like, like I know random things. Like, like you know random things are not like it's not easy. I don't, like, I don't know anything about anything when it comes to sports. Yeah, but like you don't follow don't, and you I didn't play. Know. I didn't play. But like a lot of a lot of people who play, like they don't know anything about school. They can't tell you what they learned yesterday. But if you ask them about players, they know everything about stats. What they're good at everything. Did I do as a hobby? When I, was, I played a lot of RuneScape. That's all I did. RuneScape was dope. RuneScape was dope. <laughs> RuneScape was, I'm so tight to the new RuneScape, like the layout. Like I tried playing RuneScape again, yeah. and like they changed too many things. Like it's too, it's too on that new age. But they did have RuneScape Classic, and I played for a little. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of liked it. RuneScape is like it was a good, it was a big part. A lot yeah, of our shows. I was a member. That was the first thing I was a member. You were a member. I was. A member. I always want to remember. It was five dollars a month, yeah. and you get all of the cool stuff. Yeah. I don't care what anyone. They I think did. the people who are like, oh, like it wasn't that great a game. Like they just didn't pay the five dollars a month. Yeah. So like, I didn't pay, and I still thought it was a dope game. Like, because when you pay, if I do, do, like I think it was like eighty quests mm-hmm. when you're. Uh, um, a free member, uh, I mean a free uh, uh, player, and um, when you remember it was like three hundred something quests, and then you had like way 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 more items, and like um, the types of material you can get is better. Yeah, the material they had, uh, dude, I had the sickest. I had like a, uh, I must sound like such a nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had like Derek body, so it was like uh, like spiky like brown outfit. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, uh, abyssal whip. I remember this so specifically. It was a whip, yeah. and it had like specials on it. And I had a, a my, I didn't have a shield. I had like a carrot thing. I guess it was called the defender. Mm-hmm. Way better than a shield. I had like like I just like the dopest stuff. Also, things um, you can make are different. Also, too. okay, so this is this is super off topic. But I don't care because yeah, I love yeah. RuneScape. Um, I really like RuneScape. Too. Um, there was this thing called Castle Wars. Yeah. And you know how there was three gods in RuneScape? It was like the red one, the green one, and then like the blue one. No. Okay, okay. so I guess it was a members thing. So there's three like like kind of like deity type things. Uh-huh. Uh, so you play Castle Wars, and what that would is like you go to the different sides, right? It was basically like Fortnite kind of. Uh, yeah, fifty versus fifty Fortnite kind of. Oh yeah. There's like two. Like, it was a big map, and they spawn you. You'd have all of your armor and stuff, but you wouldn't actually die. Like you'd get to just fight people. Like you, it was capture the flag, and you yeah. could you could die, but you just spawn back in like the home base. And then at oh. the end of the game, like the game ended, and you you wouldn't have lost all your stuff. That was the worst when you lost. All yeah, stuff. yeah, because yeah. you could lose stuff if you went to like the PvP area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I used to go to the PvP areas to kill dragons. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was about to say that. That's also, to kill dragons. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you picked up, you get the bones, and the bones are worth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to kill dragons. And you can make you can make armor out of it. Yes, you can. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. Um, because I had a um, when you remember, you can also get a cannon. Yeah. So I would go all the way deep into PvP. Uh-huh. I would set up my cannon, and I'll just murder dragons. Yeah. Um, also because yeah. if people tried to fight me like I had a cannon like they were getting <laughs> yeah. annihilated yeah. so I wasn't worried about that um, yeah being a member was dope also a lot more worlds a lot more yeah this is way more okay anyways um, so yeah you did sports <laughs> you were a kid yeah, so, so I did um, <laughs> what was I saying uh, you were playing um, when, when you were younger like you, you were yeah, very yeah so like I knew I kind of wanted to go to sports and then this, this movie did a lot for me and then I went to a conference last year Last year, and mm-hmm. I went this year. I went both years. The MIT, yeah, MIT uh, Sloan uh, Analytics Conference. Yeah, Sports Analytics Conference, which yeah. was awesome because one, there's moguls there everywhere. Oh, okay. Moguls out the ass. There's mm-hmm. like so many moguls. Like Mark Cuban was there. The commissioner of the league, uh, NBA, was there. This year, the commissioner of the uh, the MLB was there. This year, Obama, President Obama was there. That's so crazy. Um, all GMs from the Warriors. Chris Bosh was there. Mm-hmm. Chris Bosh is a, is a all-star basketball player. Most people probably know him. Yeah, Chris Bosh. Like, a bunch of, like... At least know the name. Yeah, Steve Nash was there this year. Like, head people were there. So, um, that really opened my eyes to exactly, like, where sports and analytics... Like, uh, how, how big how, it is. Yeah, so that's what I'm wondering is, why do you think it's gotten so big and, like, because, big enough to, to that... Okay. Because you need an advantage. 
The idea is gaining an advantage, and the fact that it, it like it's proven useful. Right. Kid, people who don't have as much money can use other techniques to get advantage, mm-hmm. and any type of advantage you can get is like. That's why people watch film. Mm-hmm. That's why all these things mm-hmm. happen. So the fact that you can gain insights from can gain insights from. <laughs> I like um, how you're scared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know I shouldn't be doing it, but I no, just, it's like, fine. It's fine. I don't it's just to, that it picks it up a little bit. I just don't know how to talk about my hands. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, gesticulate. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, so like the cool thing about that conference is really open minds to like exactly how far it reaches. Um, mm-hmm. A cool example is like concession stand ticketing. Mm-hmm. Like you would think like oh like the hot dog stand gets the price of our hot dog is this. They have this many people staffing. They sell these commodities. But like they actually like have the analytics for all of the yeah, the supply and like they and staff it differently depending on who's pitching mm-hmm. and like things like that. Really, on who's pitching? Yeah. So th- I I think I I, I said the other one, but like whatever. Um. So um. I guess uh, one example is um, there's a the I watched this uh, project that the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers did. They use analytics for concessions and ticketing, mm-hmm. and pretty much the idea was every fifth day. So in baseball, hot dog and hot dogs and beer are the highest bought commodity, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of people know that, mm-hmm. but um, and also um, convention tells you that if I'm a home fan, I'd rather see the home team bat than field. So if I'm at if I'm a Dodgers fan and I'm at Dodger Stadium, I want to see my team bat. And I, if I'm gonna go to the bathroom or go get food, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it when my team is pitching. Mm-hmm. So every fifth game, every fifth home game, roughly, um, beer and hot dog sales were low. So why every is that? Fifth. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that ended up being because um, if you guys know baseball, um, roughly most uh, baseball teams have yeah. a five man starting rotation. Okay. So every fifth game, the game that the the, the concession stand the Hot dog and beer sales were low. Was were games that Clayton Kershaw was pitching. Mm-hmm. And Clayton Kershaw at the time, he probably still is, is arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. So when he's pitching, people would rather be in their seats when their team is pitching than mm-hmm. field than batting. Mm-hmm. So people are less people are going to concession stands. So the ticket like people are buying less. So using that information, they staffed and priced things differently mm-hmm. on days he's pitching. That's. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That is crazy. It's that not just crazy. personnel things, right? It's yeah, like yeah, actual yeah. like like con- ga- the game has affected the actual concession stand sales and like and they've s- been able to, co- to correlate them. And sports is a business. Yeah, it's about making money. Yeah, just yeah. as much as winning the game. Yeah, because I mean it's a whole industry. Mm-hmm. So that really opened my eyes. Like, oh, there's so many things out there that you mm-hmm. could do. So fast forward to today. Yeah. So, so later, that- later. So I'm applying a bunch of stuff. I I started applying to sports teams. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cool website called, if you guys are interested in uh, working for sports teams, um, there's something called teamworkonline.com. Is that just for sports, like, positions? Yeah, sports jobs. Okay. Across, like, um, stuff for, like, the actual leagues, like MLB and stuff, mm-hmm. as well as, like, specific teams. And it's not just analytics jobs. It's, like, graphic design jobs. Mm-hmm. Different things for sports teams, right? So I started playing all the analytics jobs there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, rejected by everybody. And then a lot of times I would get to a point where like they would see my I, I guess I would I, I would get past the first screen and then most analytics positions even like coding positions if you want to be if you're in comp side they give you like some sort of technical project which is I'll give you some data and oh, so like, give me uh, something they, they, they do that a lot for uh, analyst positions yeah too. exactly it's, it's a test it's a, it's a it's test to see if you're yeah. capable basically. but like some I feel like those are a lot more structured yeah yeah, yeah. those are like oh, everybody gets the same test like do this in this yeah. amount of time I had one of those for. Uh, a social media analytics position. Yeah. Like they gave me a test and like they wanted me to do time series analysis on it yeah. and it was incapable. I just <laughs> But <laughs> a lot of those things are more structured are like coding assignments that make you do it on like this program and it's like it's more structured but with the, a lot of the positions I was applying to it was either it was a questionnaire and then they would give you a bunch of data to just say do something with it mm-hmm. write a 10 page report and like give it to us mm-hmm. and then if they like it they'll call you back and you talk about it and that's what happens. 
So I got I got to that part, and I would get interviews, and then nothing panned out. Mm-hmm. And then, um, how many positions do you think you applied for? Oh, I can't even count. We estimate. How many I applied to? Yeah. Even if I didn't hear back. Yeah. Over, I said close to a thousand. Really? Yeah. Damn. Easily. That uh, last summer I was here by myself doing that. All that makes that's sense. What I was doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing I did, which was cool, um, was last summer. Also, the MIT Sloan Conference got me a lot of connects mm-hmm. through that. Like, I, I talked to a lot of people from, like, Toronto Blue Jays, Detroit Tigers. These are all baseball teams um, and stuff like that. So, that was cool. That got me, like, people's phone numbers and that I got interviews through there. Mm-hmm. So, None of those panned out, right? Well, I mean, there's one that came closest was it was between me and another guy for the, that, the internship in California. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't work out, but that I got that I got that opportunity through there, mm-hmm. which was cool. Cause then um that was two summers ago, after I went to the first time, and then they hit me back this summer saying, "Yo, I remember you, mm-hmm. like apply again." So okay, that's kind of okay, cool. okay, yeah. So, anyway, so last summer um another thing I did was I I met through my uncle. I started working on a project that I'm hoping is going to get published finally mm-hmm. next week. <laughs> I mean next month, um which is a project I'm working with the um the former head of the data analytics. Pro- Master's program at Columbia. His name's uh, Kaiser Fung. Mm-hmm. So we're working on a project that uses sequential probability testing to predict baseball games in-game. Mm-hmm. And the idea really isn't about the baseball. Baseball is kind of a platform to show why sequential testing is a better way to do... Why, why well, the way we're proposing to do mm-hmm. sequential testing is better than the way people currently do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get into it, but there's yeah, some problems. Yeah, yeah, right? So that's I'm hoping to get that published in 538, which is a big data analyst blog mm-hmm. for a lot of different things. Uh, sports, um, political political stuff, mm-hmm. like a lot of different things. So I'm hoping that gets published, right? So fast forward to now, I started applying to stuff. I'm still applying to stuff, getting rejected by everybody. Mm-hmm. And then at the time, I could have graduated a semester early, mm-hmm. right? So I could have graduated last semester. So I didn't because I still didn't have a job. And the only reason I was going to leave everybody, because like everybody was here, yeah, like, I don't yeah. want to leave everybody if I didn't have a job. There's no reason. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to take classes. Like, hopefully I'll get a job after, mm-hmm. right? So, at the time, I was like, okay, this, it's the summer before senior year, which is last right summer. Right now. Right now, we're in our last semester of senior year. We're actually a week out from graduating, yeah, we graduate next at week. this recording. Yeah. So, last summer, I was like, okay, I haven't gotten a job yet. Still don't have an internship yet. Okay, I think the best uh, thing is to, at the same time, working to get a job, apply to grad school. Mm-hmm. So, I took the GRE in the summer. And then I applied to grad school. So at the same time I'm applying to jobs, I'm doing I'm trying to get into grad school. Because mm-hmm. again, like options in the name of the game, if I don't get a job, grad school is a good move mm-hmm. after I graduate. So because none of like I wouldn't know about grad school till this semester, the last semester, and I didn't have a job yet, I didn't graduate early. So now I'm here and I applied to a job with uh, the Kansas City Royals. Yep. So that is uh, for <clears throat> that, like, was that through a connection or was that just through the That uh, was just all teamwork online. online. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I applied there, got, got past the first screening. That was like, at that point, I was getting past the first screen every time I mm-hmm. get denied after that. So I was mm-hmm. like, this doesn't mean too much to me. Mm-hmm. Also, that was a senior position. Um, so like the, the one in the one with the rules was a senior position. Oh, okay. So um, I was like, I don't know why I'm getting this, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, like I, was, I was applying to everything. So I got past the first screening. They gave me a bunch of data. Like do something. Mm-hmm. I did something, <laughs> right? And then I sent them the thing, and then they come back. Mm-hmm. Then I got a bunch of interviews with them. I talked to everybody in the uh, quantitative analysis department. And then um, I talked to over five people in a couple... It's been like a what? A couple-month process. Mm-hmm. And then um, what ended up happening was this past spring break, 
They flew me out for in-person interview in Arizona. Spring break? Yeah. It was in March? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I feel like it was like a lot earlier than that or later than that. I don't know. I didn't feel like it was. Okay, anyways. March yeah. is pretty close. It's only was pretty, Yeah, actually, you're right. Never mind. That was too, too, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Right? So I got flown out to Arizona, which is where, because the, the official baseball season just started. So at that time, it, it was, they were starting doing spring training. You, you get flown out to Arizona, but you're going to be in. Okay, we'll, yeah, yeah, because because Arizona is where the Kansas City Royals um, spring training facility is. Oh, okay. They share it with sense. the Texas Rangers. Okay, okay. So that's where it's in Surprise, Arizona. So I got flown out there, had an in-person interview, met, like, it was cool because I met, like, everybody in the, all the heads of the department, mm-hmm. the assistant GMs, mm-hmm. like, the, for all the front office people, except, like, the main GM. GM is the general manager who makes all the personal yeah, decisions, yeah. right? So, the, while that was happening, I was, again, like I said, I was applying to grad school, and I heard back from a bunch of places. I got into a bunch of places. So, I was thinking, you know, and the, my, all these master's programs were for data analytics, mm-hmm. and they were between 10 months and a year and a half. So again, the idea was if I don't get a job, this is another option. I become, I gain more skills, mm-hmm. you know, all that. So what ended up happening was I got the job offer with the Kansas City Royals, mm-hmm. which is Kansas City's in Missouri, mm-hmm. and for doing like you know money ball type data analytics stuff. And it ended up being between doing that and then going to grad school. Mm-hmm. So my my fear, which was I was kind of freaking out at the time, he knows and everybody else in the room knows. Like I was freaking out because of my fear was that if I didn't go to school. If I took a job and never went to the master's, even though I had already applied, I already went through every, all the whole process, yeah, I yeah. got in, like, I would never go back. And I thought that... the valid fear. Yeah, especially because, like... Most people you, hate school. And that, and, like, if you, like... I Sony is a great school, but being able to change my, upgrade my label, I feel like yeah, it could yeah. really change things for me. Yeah. And it would, if I... Also, like, if I, if I didn't want to be in sports, I feel like the degree can catapult me somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know? Because being in sports, like, is really hard. First of all, if you guys don't, like, being in sports is really hard. Getting into sports is extremely difficult. You don't get paid well. There's a lot of people who want to be in sports. Like, it's not easy getting into, like, sport into sports. Mm-hmm. So, the idea behind passing up on a job in sports was also bad. Because if I wanted to be here, this is clearly the move. But if I didn't want to be here and I passed up on going to school, that could really put, set me back. Right. So, the idea was, what do I do, right? So, what ended up happening was, I accepted the job. And I was able to convert my Georgia Tech... A master program from the on cam. There's only one that I applied to that got into that had uh, online a, version. It's not quantitative analytics or it's data analytics. Data analytics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just called analytics, but that's okay. what it is. Okay, it's yeah. all different and same thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, so, like Cornell was a uh, operation research, but mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Same idea. Okay. So um, so I applied there, right? I got in, and they were the only one that would allow me to convert. Like they had an online program. It's the same program as online. It's meant for people who are working. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like older people because mm-hmm. the average population for most master's, master's programs is, is higher. It's older people. So uh, they allowed me to convert it. So now I'm going to go get my master's online in the fall while I work for the Kansas City Royals doing this day boy, This boy working out at the Kansas City. Wow. I really can't speak English <laughs> recently. Um, working I, saw, for, I saw your Instagram post. I know. Yeah. I did my Instagram post. <laughs> I just can't. It's, it's been a struggle recently. I haven't yeah. been recording, but... Yeah, I suppose working for the Kansas City Kitty Kansas. It's, I feel like Kansas I feel, Kitty. I feel like Chris Tucker is trying to say Kafilta fish yeah. in Russia already too. What kind of fish is it? Kafilta Kafil fish. Man, I love me so. What kind of fish is it? Yeah, he's working for the Kansas City Royals. He, yeah, dude, applying for a, over a thousand positions that really blows my mind. But um, it's a shameless hustle. That's what my auntie yeah. used to tell me. Like you can't. 
Cause you can't like you gotta hassle people. Like mm-hmm. when you don't, the, if you email somebody, they don't party. You email them the next day. Cause when you're applying the position, your resume and your cover letter, whatever it, it may lost. be, it, there's there's thousands, if not if not tens of thousands of people applying to these positions, especially if you're going for upper echelon positions, and it's difficult. It's not easy. Not an easy task. Also, like don't cut. You don't know how you're gonna end up. Like mm-hmm. you really don't know how things are gonna happen. Like honestly, all all of these developments for me happened in the last month and a half. Mm-hmm. So. You don't know who you're going to need or who you're not going to need. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't lose. Like, the thing I was, exa- the example I gave on the internship I didn't get in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but he called me back. Mm-hmm. He called me back because, like, when he, when I didn't get the position, he told me, you didn't get it, but I just want to let you know you interviewed very well. Mm-hmm. Like, keep in touch. Like, mm-hmm. those type of things. Also, if you get rejected by places, always ask, what can I do to improve? Right. Always ask that. Because, one, they're like, oh, this guy actually gives a fuck mm-hmm. and, like, wants to get better. Mm-hmm. And, two, actually, they can actually give you something important. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I can work on this. Like, he told me, like, for example, the guy told me, like, look at this type of data to do some project in actual baseball. Because at the time, I never done any real project in, in, baseball. in, sport, in baseball yeah, or sports. Yeah. So, I was like, he's like, okay, that's, that's, that's constructive. I can go mm-hmm. somewhere from here. So, yeah. So, so yeah. That's, that, that's what I was saying about moves. that. So, yeah. so, so, so I'm moving to Kansas City on Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day week, Which is three, week weeks, three weeks from tomorrow. Three. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow's Sunday? Yeah. Three weeks from tomorrow. That is the from tomorrow. So we graduate next week, and then the week week and after, I'm out. Yeah, damn. So wow, it's been a it's been quite a ride. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we can end it on that note. And what I like doing now at the end of the show is I think you saw this because I was trying to make a trailer. Yeah. But it's that uh, was dope. You say you can say like one quote or like one thing that like stands out to you, something people should know, something you want to get out there, or just a general not a line or or kind of tale of knowledge. Oh. Uh, you should have had this prepared. You know I was going to ask yeah, this. Yeah, I know. I forgot the last week. I guess, like, don't... Everybody's path is different. Like, don't... Don't think that because something hasn't happened for you yet, it won't happen. Um, there's a really good, like, picture of, like, it's like a meme where, like, there's a guy using a pickaxe. And oh, he's breaking like almost a, there? Yeah, he's breaking yeah, a yeah. rock, right? And he's been spending all this time breaking a rock. And then he gives up when, like, if you just hit it one more time, it would have broke. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know when that, that moment's going to hit. Because once it hits, the momentum just comes. Yeah. Like, I feel like for me, in this example, like, I, I, was, bl- I was blanks, blanks, blanks. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that one big that one big thing happened and stuff started snowballing. So, like, mm-hmm. don't give up. Like, don't think that because it hasn't happened for you yet, it won't happen. Just keep working hard mm-hmm. and keep believing in the process. And keep, you know, trying to get as many, having options. And, you know, it will happen for you. It Like, it will. Like, a lot of kids don't. A lot of people give up, and you can't you can't make it if you're giving up. So just keep going, and it'll happen for you. And it's don't true. have no shame either. Like it's true. Keep hustling. Keep hustling. Keep hustling. Um, before I end it off, I just want to say for me and him, when we're ten years down the line and we see this video, uh, shout out to Future Us, uh, just because I want big bosses. No, <laughs> big bosses. Y'all better be something by the time we we watch this ten years down the line. Don't yeah. don't don't end them on the streets, please. Um, don't do that. But yeah, so thank you for everyone who tuned in. Like, share, subscribe, all that usual stuff. I'll probably link some of his published work below. Um, uh, I'll, I'll write the title of the movie we're talking about, Moneyball. And um, we'll see that. That's a good, great movie. People. And and um, I think that wraps it up. So peace out. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you. Well, actually, you'll catch him on the next one. On uh, well, not the next one. A couple from now for Fat Boys. But thanks for tuning in. Fat Boys. Peace out.